Welcome, everybody, to the Patty G Show. I am your host, Patrick Grimion. I have Jordan Neldare and Jordan Piazza here with me today from Uncle Earl's Bar over here on Perkins and Acadian. Um, so thank both of you for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Glad to have you. What's yeah. up, Patty G listeners? <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, this is the real OG Jordan. The other one's impersonator. <laughs> I'm a year older, so. Yeah, a year older and a lot dumber. A lot dumber. <laughs> So how I want to start with the the chemistry between the two of y'all first. How long have y'all known each other? Oh man, uh, I'd say what about fifteen or sixteen years now. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, since high school. Since so high school, met in high school originally. Yep. Okay. Didn't become friends till college, but yep. you know, I had to do some background checks on them first to make sure everything was good. <laughs> Once I came back, then I hung out with him a little more. I had to okay. go test the food out at Phil's to see if uh, he was legit and been hanging out ever since gotcha yeah. so there's a back and forth checking out yeah, yeah yeah we had a mutual friend actually that um that uh passed away in 2008 Eight. and uh that's when we really became close he was, okay. was kind of he was really close to me he's really close with jordan and then uh when he passed away jordan and i just came close together and i kind of filled the void of where, where he was with one another you yep. and then from a working relationship it started i'd say a couple of years later uh, Jordan was managing at uh, a year later, two thousand eight. Yeah, two thousand eight. Um, Mike's and Tiger at Mike's and Tigerland, and uh, I was basically sleeping on he and a buddy of ours, uh, Keith Withers' couch every night because they just started working there. And uh, finally, I was like, man, I should probably start working at the bar too because I uh, I'm out every night. I'm crashed on y'all's couch, so I started working at Mike's, and then we got a, a three bedroom apartment, and then uh, it's kind of the rest is kind of history from there. So. It's where, it's, it's where it all started. Mike's in Tigerland. Very cool. So shout out to Mike's at Tigerland. Chris Harsh. Chris Harsh. <laughs> <laughs> so put, putting y'all up and getting y'all further connected after high school That's with it. the death. That's it. Okay. So how how did y'all come across Earl's? I mean, so you, obviously y'all were both in the bar scene for a while. and Or you started in the bar scene. Yeah. With, started in the bar scene. And then where did, you know, we'll start with you, Piazza. Where did you move to? Yeah, so after Mike's, uh, after about a year, two years with Mike's, year and a half, two years, I went to Shady's, which is right down the road in Tigerland, and uh, and brought Jordan with me there as well. And then after uh, about eight months there, I went to work for um, the guys that owned Walk-Ons. You know, at the time they had Walk-Ons, Your House, Happies, and Schlitz. I went to work for Schlitz and Giggles, uh, the pizza place on Perkins. And I worked there for about, I want to say a year, maybe a year and a half. And then I moved to the downtown location for a little while uh, of Schlitz. And then shortly thereafter, moved to the corporate office, uh, Lasting Concepts, and worked there for a few years before I'd wind up departing um, Walk-Ons. And then when I left there, went to uh, work for uh, Todd Graves Raising Canes. And, uh, started off as a general manager at the restaurant on Corp Boulevard. And I managed there uh, for six to eight months, I believe. And then I realized uh, the monotonous uh, day-to-day operations was not for me. So uh, I went to work for Todd directly after that as his business manager for the next couple of years. And um, then in 2016, we began construction on uh, Phil's Oyster Bar, which is my dad's restaurant. And at that time, uh, that's what I was focusing on that. And I still worked with Todd. And then in 2017, uh, I resigned from working with Todd and stayed uh, just to Phil's. And uh, 
all throughout that time, which Jordan, now Derek can tell you in a second, but he uh, he stayed working with, uh, kind of came with me everywhere I went because he was such a good asset. So uh, he didn't come with me per se. I mean, he interviewed on his own, obviously, and, and applied. It is all separate, but, uh, you know, anybody that kind of recruited me kind of recruited him as well. And so he went to work on it um, at uh, Rue House, you know, when I was working at Schlitz, and then he went um, <clears throat> and worked at um, – came there on his own, you know, and, and did a completely different role than I did. And uh, and then when this opportunity came about, you know, it was in the end of 2018, uh, he'd been gone for, you know, traveling for Canes. Neller had been for a couple of years. Four years. Yeah, and uh, I decided uh, it was time for him to come home. And uh, the guys at Earl's had kind of approached us about, you know, if we had any interest. Obviously, we were successful down the street at Phil's, and it just kind of made sense for me. To take a look at it, at least, and so uh, after looking at it, it was like, yeah, you know, this is this could be something that we could do and really create some good synergy between the bar and the restaurant and have some extra income, um, and you know, different environment, and uh, also maybe help get Jordan back here uh, to Baton Rouge, you know, give him a job and um, and some ownership and an interest in the in the bar where it'd make it you know worthwhile for him to stop traveling for Canes and get back. So it's been the, it's been the road to where we are now. Very cool. Kind of rope him, rope him back in, give him big enough incentive saying, exactly. hey, you've been you've been gone for too long. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and now's yeah. the time to My come My girlfriend back. appreciated it too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now there we kind of kind of heard a little bit about your following. We're not really following, but tag, I guess partnering along with yeah. Jordan on yeah. this journey. Yeah. What what was your experience like on that end? Uh it was, you know, Jordan's a, a, a driver, man, and it uh, you know, it's he's got the, you know, the, the brains behind the operations and, and, uh, you know, I'm a, a huge doer. And, uh, a lot of that, you know, a lot of what I learned, well, the reason why I'm here now, I learned a whole lot. Uh, my, you know, four or five year tenure at, at Canes, I was a project manager in the new restaurant opening department. Uh, I was literally gone 28 days out of the month, uh, you know, traveling, uh, all over the world. I went as far as Saudi Arabia, uh, to uh, to open a restaurant there, and uh, you know we talked about this, and we've always talked about you know going into uh, to business together, and uh, you know it kind of presented uh, itself, and I was laying in a hotel, and he you know it was like a Monday, and uh, he's like you ready to come home, and I was like well what you got, and uh, by Friday uh, I'd committed to it, and I think it was like a Tuesday uh, I put my two weeks in, uh, opened my last restaurant uh, with Canes, and. Uh, I came home, so it's uh, it's been a, a very cool uh, journey over the years, uh, partnering with Jordan, uh, you know, throughout a, a many many different types of uh, you know aspects of business, and uh, kind of brought us uh, to our our end goal, uh, which was you know opening a business together, and obviously he got a, a head start on me with uh, with Phil, so he was a, a huge help in in transitioning uh, me from the corporate world to to that uh, entrepreneurial side of, of things. Okay, so it's. Y'all both worked for Canes, but in two very different respects. Very, very different aspects, yes. So Piazza said that his experience was very mundane, you know, being the manager, same thing every day. But it does not sound like yours was nearly the same thing every day. No, mine was uh, was ever-changing. Uh, you know, we'd go, uh, we'd have a, it's a two-week process. You know, we'd go into a restaurant, I'd bring a team in, uh, oversee construction and training. Uh, and we never know uh, or never knew what the uh, the uh, the opening would present. Uh, you know, we'd go to, to Texas or uh, branded markets such as Houston, uh, you know, and I don't want to throw all the numbers out there, but, you know, open a, a, a restaurant at, you know, maybe tens of thousand, uh, you know, the first week and we go out to California, which was a new market. And we do, you know, hundreds of thousands uh, the first week. 
Um, you know, so it was, just, it was ever changing, uh, you know, which would kind of sharpen my, uh, my thought process, my, my, you know, toolkit, uh, over the years, just from a, from a branding standpoint, uh, being with such a, a great company like Kane's. So very cool. So the, the atmosphere here at Earl's has changed a lot since y'all came into ownership of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we refined that, uh, this, the atmosphere here, uh, is, is how we like to explain it. And I'll let Jordan kind of allude to where that uh, the the refining of a of a business uh, came from when he took over Mike's. It's a pretty funny story if you want to tell him how we took that place and kind of turned it around. So what's what's the Mike's story? Oh man, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it's Mike's, a story. Mike's was uh, was newly opened back in two thousand and six, probably maybe five. Um, before that, it was the old Rotola's Pizza forever. Okay. Before it moved to Nicholson, right there, uh, and actually after that, it was Papa. Um, there was some type of it was Papa Bear's Pizza. Yeah, Papa Bear's Pizza. I don't know. If that's where they, that was the name of the LLC. I'm not sure if that was the name of the business. Was, uh, no, it's called Heisman's. Heisman's. Anyway, it, it was a couple different things, <laughs> right? But, but originally it was Rotola's is what is known for the location is known for, and then Mike's got it, and the guys that own JLs and and Reggie's, which is JL and Darren, and their names. Uh, they they bought the space you know, to make sure that uh, you know market control you know make sure that they were to come in and put them out of business per se or uh, or if they knew that there was a need uh, that it would make enough money that they were gonna get some of it too so they they went in and fifty fifty with a, a group of uh, two other gentlemen one his name is Mike Yonan and, and the other guy is David uh, Gaffney but Mike used to own a uh, strip joint. And uh, let's just say his, his taste is you know, a little different than the college crowd bars, the typical two. Uh, but his taste was uh, unique, you know, it took me a while to get used to. But, uh, you know, the daiquiri shop was cool. I mean, uh, his idea, his ideas were, were good. The execution just wasn't great. Um, and then, you know, it took some time. But to Nutter's point, you know, when, when I went in there, I was, I was only 20 years old, which is ironic being 20 years old running a bar when he's 21 to be. Be, to drink, you know, uh, that's just they're insuring you weren't drinking on the job. Of course, not drinking. hiring you at the age of twenty. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they, uh, and so you know, getting in there and assessing, you know, they Darren and Jail had known me since I was a kid, and so they saw me grow up through the restaurant with my dad and knew that uh, the service industry was in my blood because Darren is the one that came and recruited me for it. I'd never imagined to go. I was working at Schlitz actually um, before that uh, for just a couple weeks. Uh, Schlitz Giggles, where I ended up after, but. He came and recruited me, and uh, I never, you know, I had never done that other than than my dad's restaurant, which is for family, which seems different. Uh, and when we, um, when I got there, and you know, kind of uh, took it all in and noticed how things were, you know, they were they were one of the busiest bars out there, but uh, the demographic was not ideal uh, in terms of there was a lot of fighting, there's a lot of uh, you know. Juice monkeys, as we refer to them, just you know, people working a, out. It was a very non-college crowd. Yeah, exactly, for exactly. So it's, it's supposed to be a college bar, and you could tell it was students that weren't at LSU. Uh, okay. And so, so a bunch of outsiders. Yeah, a bunch of outsiders. Yes. Yes. I'm not saying they're not welcome because everybody's welcome, but uh, what we noticed, you know, it was easy to identify that they were starting the problems, uh, and you know, that's not what we wanted. And so uh, there was a, a, a rough period, of, uh, probably you know, five six months where you know we completely changed the culture. And the staff you know, is where it started. You know, there were probably five or six staff that we could keep that understood what was going on, the direction we we're trying to go in. But uh, in terms of uh, really making a difference, we had to start over with staff. And you know, they were stuck in their old ways. You know, giving stuff away and and stealing and letting people in free and whatever whatever you want to call it. And so 
we had to we had to completely change the start with the staff, the change of staff in order to change the demographic of the customer. And so, uh, which our uh, demographic target was, you know, the, the college kids, but primarily the Greek community because we knew the Greek community obviously entails a lot of people, and obviously they have a lot of events, and obviously. To be a Greek is not cheap, so theoretically speaking, they have a little, you know, money to spend, uh, or their parents' money to spend, however you want to see it. And so, uh, you know, I took a couple months with the help of Neldair and different people really cleaning the bar. You know, I'm a real clean guy, so I was the first phase was cleaning, second was kind of rebranding per se. You know, changing the logo up to not be so uh, feminine or kind of out there because it was very, um, you know, it was very Mardi Gras esque. The bar was. Uh, but Mardi Gras is, you know, once a year. And so that's why, you know, we had to explain everything was purple, green, and gold. It's like, man, that's not attractive. Like, it just just for to you know, come sit and, and drink. Like, it's just an ugly place because, uh, that's not, you know, people don't want to see Mardi Gras year-round. Like, the idea is great. It might work on bourbon, but it doesn't work in Baton Rouge. And so, yeah. anyway, after cleaning it up, painting, changing the logo, new uniforms, everybody really bought in, got some new staff. Uh, we saw some huge returns uh, just from the demographic. And so... Uh, Seeing that and Mike's, you know, and seeing what Mike's was when we started to where it was just a couple months later, uh, and then you know coming into Earl's and seeing what it was and knowing the potential, uh, it was kind of it's kind of fun knowing that we could relive it, you know, knowing that it, the opportunity was there uh, because we knew that that Earl's was good, but it could it could be way better, and uh, that's what excited me to kind of get involved uh, on the rebranding here, you know, and, and the, you know again it was coming in identifying the problems. Uh, which were easy, you know, I call it low-hanging fruit, you know, things that are just really easy to fix that don't take much effort. Uh, and, you know, the staffing was part of that, obviously. And uh, so we started with that and uh, started over staffing here and came in and realized, hey, you know, the old look, uh, you know, everyone knew that Uncle Earl's was a gross place or dirty or whatever you want to call it, you know, which I say, you know, it's just kind of comical when you think about it, like, People say, oh, yeah, you know, we knew Uncle Rolls was, was gross, but we go there. I mean, we came here all the time, but, you know, we had people come say, oh, yeah, I only have two beers because as soon as it was time to use a bathroom, I'd roll out because the bathrooms were so dirty, you know, or, you know, wouldn't drink the draft beer because we knew that the lines would never be clean, just things like that. And, uh, yeah, like when I look back, we were frequent customers of Uncle Rolls, and, uh, you know, we knew all the time you had that smell when you left here, and it's just an environment that uh, we just, we saw a lot of opportunity because this area in Baton Rouge is a great area, and uh, we want to help clean up, you know, do our part and help clean up the neighborhood, per se. And so, um, you know, that's, you know, we came in here, you know, we kind of talked about it with the group that we have, and it was like, man, if we're going to do it, we got we to do it, you know, 100, complete 180. You know, we got to really change it and just make it where people just – have never seen anything like it in Baton Rouge. And so when people come here and they say, man, this is one of the nicest bars in Baton Rouge, you know, I appreciate it greatly. But at the same time, I like, I'm, I'm saddened by that because it's sad that no one else reinvests in their bars. You know, that most people, I mean, this section, a few people, you know, uh, but most bars for that matter, uh, they, you know, they make a great deal of money and then they just do what they want with the funds rather than reinvesting. You know, Kane's is a great model where we learned that at, they do a refresh every five years of, of a location because they understand that you got to keep keep it relevant, keep it clean, keep it updated, and I feel like it, every business that it should be that way uh, in the service industry. Because when you when you're serving this many people, you know, a couple thousand people on the weekends, you know, it's going to get wear and tear, and you have to come in and update. And you know, what's hot today is not going to be hot in five, ten years. And so I think that's the problem with a lot of places, and that's what excited me about this place was the name already had an you know recognition uh, and, and had a you know. <clears throat> 
uh, following, but it just needed to be cleaned up, and it wasn't going to be that difficult. And obviously, there were some challenges that we didn't foresee, but uh, overall, I mean, it's been it's been a great uh, investment for us. It's been a great, um, a lot of fun. It's been a great deal of fun, you know, and uh, and a lot of work too. Like, yeah, a lot of work. <laughs> it's not all bad, fun but, play. but it's been very rewarding, you know, because every yeah. week, I mean, still just day, I mean, weekly, people come in for the first time, you know, and we and we draw we draw the old crowd, but also a, a new crowd. Of a of a uh, you know more ideal demographic is what I would say you know someone that's coming in that's you know calm that's looking to have a good time have a couple of drinks whatever you want to call it but also older crowds you know we get a lot of people coming for parties a lot of people um, you know that come on the way home that are older that you wouldn't you know necessarily see here in the past that come in are just stunned because uh, you know it's like man there's no quote unquote dive bar that exists that looks this clean you know and. And that's what Nutter and I pride ourselves on. And I, I, I thank Canes for that, and you know, particularly and walk ones, um, because what I saw at Canes, you know, the monotonous um, daily routine that I was telling you about earlier that I didn't enjoy doing, is what I learned that was invaluable. Because you know, that's what makes it succeed. Is that the, you know, attention to detail, the daily dedication, the fanatical focus of the same thing over and over and over, and so. When you focus on that, you know you're able to see see uh, business in a different way. For and at least for me, and so I was able to see, okay, hey, you know, here's why they have all these checklists. Here's why they clean this. Keep it this way. Do that, and apply it. Try to you know revamp it and apply it here. And uh, you know, so far it, it seems to be paying off well as far as the customer's perception. Right. And from a rebranding standpoint too, uh, this place it had a stigma of it was a, a an Irish bar. I mean, I don't know if, if everybody remembers, but the walls were green. Well, I would say that I mean, he's right. <laughs> yeah. I was, it was all about St. Patrick's well, yeah, Day. Well, <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, they took the one most profitable day and said, hey, let's just brand our bar yes. around this one particular yes. day. When, you know, that's we look at it as an added bonus. We yeah. want to be great the other 364 days out of the year. And then that that's like a, hey, you know, we can kind of take our shoes off because we've done a great job all year. And then just let that kind of, you know, just fall into place. Uh, yeah, obviously it's a, it's a great money maker for us, but uh, you know we kind of re- rebranded it last year, and it was one of the most successful uh, St. Patrick's Day that we had out of the year. But uh, too, I mean, we had a, a great December because of the actual uh, the amount of Christmas parties that we had here too. So mm-hmm. it's not just about St. Patrick's Day. That's why uh, that that went into our thought process of of rebranding uh, the overall uh, demographic and standpoint of Uncle Rolls. Right, which you you've had experience with rebranding. What was it, Mike's from? Yes. Mardi Gras yes. all year round to now coming into Uncle Earl's, yes. which is St. Patty's Day all oh, year yes. round. You knew, okay, this is not work. Right. Like this, this may work for a low level, but we want to take it to that next level Definitely. and really rebrand it and reshift everything. Definitely. You know, and it's it's almost like the the feel I get is you're you're trying to draw on those people right after college that are like, I yes. don't want to go to Tigerland. Yes. Yes. You know, yes, I'm 26. Yes, yes. I'm yes. 28. I'm 33. You know, like, I, I don't want to go to Tigerland where a bunch of, you know, sad to say, 18, 19, right, and 20-year-olds right. hang out. 100%. And now you've got this, you know, this young professional yes. that can come in after work in a suit and tie and not feel out of place. Yes. And and I when people ask, you know, I, we as Jordan alluded to a second ago, there's people that still haven't seen this place. And, uh, you know, just kind of that elevator speech when, uh, you know, just about out and about town. And, uh, you know, people are like, I'm you bought Uncle Earl's or, you know, how's Uncle Earl's now? It's, is it the same? It's like, no, <laughs> well, I'm not coming to hang out with those youngins. It's like, Hey, our demographic has really changed. I, I tell people it's anywhere from 26 to, to 55 now. And when people walk in they're like, 
you were serious about it, you know, and it, yeah. it, it makes, as he said, you know, it makes people feel welcome from every walk of, of life. So, right. It's no longer limiting to, Oh, let's go out and party with the college kids. Correct. Correct. And that's, I think it, you, you definitely have nailed the look of not college. Yes. And like Jordan was saying, or Piazza was saying, it's very clean, Yes. you know, and even with those routines with canes and where y'all were in the other service industries, focusing on, okay, every night you've got to clean this. Yes. Every night you've got to make sure this is taken care of for the next yes. day. So the next day is even better. Yes. Constantly raising that bar. Right. So what big changes did you'll have to make to the building itself? Um, <laughs> Besides repainting the walls. Oh man. Wait, what, what was the question? What? What big changes did y'all have to oh, make to man. the building? We brought it down to the four walls. Yeah, so I mean, the big, biggest issue was, I'd say, it was plumbing. You know? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Making sure the uh, the toilets worked. <laughs> yeah, well, plumbing was definitely a big issue because the, the whole shop, this, this shopping center is one of the oldest in, you know, in Baton Rouge. And so uh, it's got, if you look at it, it's elevation. Uh, you know, when you start it from the road and go back, it goes down. So everything flows from here because we're at the top, the highest point, all the way down to the back. And so... Uh, when it when it backs up, obviously you know the bar, people put products in the toilets that they shouldn't, um, or at least back when Earl, other girls had it, they did a lot more frequently than they do here because we hadn't had a lot of problems with that knock of wood. Which again, I think it's all about the environment. You provide a clean place, people are going to respect it and keep your bathroom clean. But you have a crappy place, people are going to treat it like it looks, you know. And so, with that being said, uh, you know plumbing was an issue because we had uh, we made a decision, hey, let's cut off the plumbing from the rest of the. Um, Shopping the shopping center and have our own, you know, install a pump station to go to the front because there was there's a uh, there's a pump station in the front of the building uh, for the main. So uh, we spent a little bit extra money doing that, but we knew it was worth it because we wanted to uh, please our tenants. I mean, I'm sorry, neighbors, and we wanted to make sure that our customers uh, didn't have any problems. And so, needless to say, the first St. Patrick's Day we had no problems. Uh, but other than that, man, as far as big, you know, we we literally gutted the like took it to four walls. I mean, legit, and so. We moved the bar, we moved the stage, we ran all new electrical. I mean, from start to finish, we, we gave it a complete makeover in, in 60 days, literally 60 days. And uh, Wow, that's fast. Oh, it's very it's, fast. It's, it's too fast now that I look back on it. And, yeah, you know, 60 days, and that was that 60 day, at that 60-day mark, it was a week before St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, which was busy. <laughs> so it was... Um, it was definitely, uh, you know, it, it, it had a lot of challenges, you know, and, and we and unfortunately, you know, we didn't get in before and, and enough to have operational experience to see, hey, what do we need to change moving forward, which we did afterwards, but in the beginning we didn't. Uh, but as far as the look and design, I mean, you know, it, it was great having the guy that we used, Chris Ferrari, draw up some plans uh, and make a beautiful rendering, uh, but bringing it to life was another challenge. Right. Uh, and, and we were able to do that, but it just took uh, – some time and uh, and energy uh, focusing on things like plumbing and and such that we're not um, that we're not used to doing. And so uh, electrical, I would say, uh, is one. Uh, plumbing is one. You know, the roof is, has been another one because yeah. uh, it's an old building. The roof leaks, and so unfortunately, we have to. Uh, we've had a lot of challenges with that. And a lot of it too. A lot of the renovation uh, was. You know, we we came in and we were able to look at you know operational things. Uh, for instance. Uh, we have an office next door, and the walk-in cooler that housed their kegs, their you know backup beer, and a lot of the, the alcohol that you use on a day-to-day basis was in an office next door. So, you know, we thought like, hey, this makes zero sense, right? You got a lot of, of beer waste in a line that's way too long, and uh, you know, there's 
logistically it doesn't make sense for your bar backs, your bartenders. So, you know, we had to focus on how can we get the cooler from an office next door to behind the bar that makes more sense, you know, on a, on a day-to-day basis. So, Wait, so they actually, like, had the kegs in the office and had lines that running ran, across yes. the roof? Yeah. Yes. I mean, no, they ran... Uh, or in the ceiling. In the ceiling, yeah. yes. Yeah. 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 Which is an exposed ceiling, but we're talking, um, I mean, a couple hundred a feet. A couple hundred feet you know, of line, yeah. So, so when, when I t- talk about it, I mean, the beer companies come, you know, uh, every other week to, or once a month to clean your lines, and there are, you know, when I tell you it's disgusting, like, you know, I would never if if that's how I had it set up. I would obviously hey, I'd I'd eat it, and I would just go ahead and say, hey, we're going to waste it. But a lot of bars, you know, we're not making great money. They don't, and so uh, point being, the lines didn't cl- get cleaned as often as they should have because they there's didn't a couple waste hundred feet of waste. Yeah, in there. <laughs> you, got, you got twenty taps, or they had thirty, I think. Yeah, you have thirty different beers, and you got a couple hundred feet of product in the lines that you're just going to literally throw away every week or every I mean, every couple weeks of it. They couldn't swallow that, and so. Uh, his point that was our that was his and I big focus on design was taking our experience at Canes and seeing how you know Canes ha- has such a small office. Every Canes has a really small office because you know a lot of times people focus on making a big office. And I said, man, like when you make a big office, this is where you spend your time. Like make a small office because you know you just need to be in there to get the the, the nitty gritty done, you know, the last minute important stuff. But other than that, you need to be utilize the space for your operations and so he and i were like hey you know the ice is like we got to have a bigger ice machine it's got to be in here the cooler's got to be in here everything we need needs to be in this room and so like uh there used to be a kitchen and so when we rid of that kitchen you know that was that was it but we also decided hey you know there used to be only one way down it's hard for me to look at earls and and remember how it was because it's completely different but there used to only be one way down to the what they call the downstairs area which you wouldn't consider downstairs area because it's not really a multi-level bar in the sense of uh, the elevation is that much higher. But point being, there's, you know, a, a one door wide opening to get downstairs in a, in a complete brick wall, center block wall with a cross with a, uh, behind it. So when people came, they would come on the patio, enter from the patio, uh, they would go to that main bar outside, and then they would, you know, peep down and see what's down there coming on the stairs. But we gutted it all the way open, shrunk the um, – the kitchen and made a ramp on the backside, uh, which they never had before either. But my whole point was ingress and egress. You know, I was like, hey, you know, we got we can't have a traffic jam, which is something I, as a customer that I was always frustrated with coming here. And so Nelder and I put our heads together, like, how can we make this the most, uh, you know, uh, operationally focused uh, design where we can get the masses in, get the masses out, uh, but also be functional for our staff. You know, how can we get our staff when they need to do something's wrong? How can we access, you know, so we'll, uh, the other bars, so we have, we have satellite bars, we got a VIP bar, we got a, a patio bar. So we created a, the, in the back alleyway, we made sure that we were, you know, strategic in designing uh, an easy way for them to get outside and get to each bar without it getting the customer's way. Because, you know, you, you blast, I remember watching at other places that worked at, but also here, they would fight the crowds a lot to try. I mean, when you got five, 600 people here or more, and you're trying to bring a case of beer or a bucket of ice or whatever man, it is, and you're fighting the crowd. It's not, it's not just not a good look. You know? Yeah. Like, it looks unprepared. Exactly. Opinion. And so, um, so we, had, you know, Nelder and I spent some time with our experience at, at Canes and Walk-Ons and the different bars we've had in Tigerland on, you know, hey, how did we used to treat those <coughs> bars that, you know, were just as busy? How did we, you know, what worked there? And then looking at the layout here and say, okay, well, what can we do? What can we change? Which obviously threw a wrench in the, the construction like we were talking about. Uh, because you know, every day we'd find we'd think of something else, and 
they'd have to kind of go back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah. Going, oh, how are we going to make that happen? It's like, I don't yeah. really care, but you got to make it happen. <laughs> it got man. to the point where we were meeting here every day at 8 o'clock, and, you know, something different would pop up, you know. And it's just, but it, at the end of the day, there's a couple of things that we might change looking back at it, but, um, you know, a lot of it was just operationally focused. Like for, he mentioned the ramp. The ramp is on the backside. That ingress, egress, right. it's for customers going to the bathroom. We don't want customers going to the bathroom running it into people yeah. that are coming to the bar to and spend it, the money. It's purely for exactly. customers. It's pur- I mean, purely obviously, for also for, for handicapped ADA, as well, yeah. you know, ADA compliant. But, but, you know, I think we were grandfathered into the point where we wouldn't have to have had a ramp because the previously didn't have a ramp because they can just go outside and come back into the front door. But, again, we're looking at the customer and how we best take care of the customer. And the whole idea was, man, you know, the girls and guys always didn't like the bathroom situation, that they were dirty, the toilets were broken, the sinks were broken. And they didn't like that you couldn't, uh, you know, that was the one interest in exit. So we were able to accomplish that. And I think it's uh, proven to be uh, well received by, by guests, you know, and, uh, we, you know, we're, we're glad we did it and spent the extra money because, uh, you know, bathrooms, what I learned in the restaurant business for a long time, you know, bathrooms are a great reflection of how you operate your business. If you have 30 bathrooms, I mean, how do you expect people to think that your kitchen's not dirty? If you don't keep the one area that, you know, customers go to, uh, then how do you expect, you know, that they think because the areas that they don't go to are clean. So exactly. uh, he and I preach it every day you know, to our staff and our team, hey, you've got to keep this clean. You know, like this, you know, and, and so we have clean. That's why we spent the money. I mean, we kept the locations of the bathroom, but we, for, for the women's at least, uh, but we added all new bathrooms and, and, and did did stuff that we really didn't, what isn't necessary, wasn't code necessary, wasn't, uh, it was literally for the conveniences of the customers. So that's, you know. Yeah, we could have cut some corners with, easy, uh, yeah. you know, Save from a, a monetary money. standpoint, yeah. you know, to uh, to just get it done. Right. But at the end of the day, we wanted to provide the best experience for, you know, the customer when they when they come in. And, yeah. and now there's point, people that don't come in or that haven't been in yet, but that's still coming for the first time. I mean, we just get the wow, you know, all the time. Like, holy cow. Like, and, and that's just like such a great feeling, you know. And when they say, man, it's so clean, it's like, hey, we've been open 10 months, you know, and done a great deal of sales in 10 months. And had a lot of people coming in out here and a lot of events. And just to see that, you know, knock on wood, for the most part, 99% of everything in here is still intact mm-hmm. and not broken and not beat up and hadn't had to replace it. I mean, that's unheard, that's that's rare for bars. I mean, you go, I challenge you to go to any bar and see, you'll find something broken there. You know, that's just the nature of the bar business. But uh, one thing I'm big on is, you know, it's just, it's how you present the facility is how your customers are going to treat the facility in right my, in my opinion and elder has been a great ambassador of that and he learned that too and so when we present a clean well put together building people you know treat it with respect i mean as weird as it is to say i don't know what the core scientific correlation is there <laughs> but there's definitely a correlation because like when you go out to the bars in tigerland and they're all old and beat up and it's like you get drunk it's like yeah you don't mind kicking the hole in the wall because they already got 20 yeah but when you come here and see that hey man like there's not a whole there's nothing broken here you don't want to be the one outlier that's breaking something because you're gonna stick out like a sore thumb exactly you know? and so it's uh it's uh it's definitely you know been a cha- it's definitely interesting but uh uh fun but challenging too because we know you know like i said he and i are gonna have to keep an extra eye out in the next few years that, you know we put a heavy investment in. and so to get a return to take a little longer than normal and so he and i are trying to see how we shave off as much as we can where we can without affecting operations and so um uh, that's something Elder does you know, a great job of doing, making sure you know we don't just call the plumber when we have a problem. <laughs> we, we plumb it ourselves. I got you. So Elder is the the maintenance man as well as manager. I, I, sometimes, man, I I, uh, I like to call myself a maintenance man. I can, I can get it done, save us a couple of dollars. But uh, there's sometimes we got to call 
uh, a maintenance man in it to a professional in, I'll say, to uh, to get the job done. Right. And so coming from Canes, where they're so big on company culture yep. and employee culture, yep. how have y'all or have y'all used some of the things y'all have learned there to mold into your own company culture here within your employees? Like you said, you're trying to maintain this very well, clean, nice establishment. How do you transition that or how do you put that on your employees to want to do the same? One of the, you know, when we speak from a colony standpoint, one of the biggest things that uh, I learned at, at Keynes uh, from my vice president at the time um, was serving leadership, man. That's that's a big, big piece for me. Um, you know, it's it's when you delegate a task, you take 20 percent of that task, you know, to an employee. You take 20 percent of that task and it goes miles for them because they, they'll say, hey, you know, if my boss or my owner or, you know, my superior is willing to, to get in the trenches with me and, and uh, you know, knock out a task, then I'm going to bend over backwards for this person, you know. And it, we Jordan preaches all the time, and I think this came from, you know, just that Italian and him, uh, just family, man. Uh, we, we talk about that a lot. We You know, we don't – I hate calling our employees employees or when people say they work for me. I was like, no, we don't you don't work for me. You, we work together right. to, get the, to get the job done. So it's, it's really just – uh, you know, the family culture, man, servant leadership and, uh, you know, just creating a good environment for for people uh, every single day, uh, you know, not just your customers, your employees, too. I think it's also you know important on, on being selective about who you hire. You know, I was taught a long time ago, you know, don't let the need get in the way of the vision. The vision is great people. And so the need is more people. So don't let the need of more people let sacrifice, you know, you may, let you make sacrifices and hire the people that you don't see are the ideal demographic uh for your your employee and so uh you know Melda did a really good job when we were open and interviewing people and and you know yeah the, just because someone you know might be attractive or might have a good resume doesn't mean that they're the best person for or best fit for us you know so uh you know to answer your question earlier did, did we did we take some of that that we learned at Canes and other places and bring it here bring it here and mold it to us I mean of course I mean, we'd be stupid if we didn't you it's know it's a billion dollar company yeah yeah, they're doing something right. Doing well, yeah. something right. Yeah. So there was something right, and so I mean, and, and again, it doesn't all apply to us, but we took what it what, what you know the the basics are. are I mean, there's there's simple basics. Core values. Core values, right. exactly. And and all you do is just you know tweak them to fit your brand. And so we're not trying to grow to have 500 locations worldwide and do a billion dollars in sales. That's not what we're trying to do here at Earls. But uh, I mean, the culture works over there for a fast food. And, yeah. and, if it could work for that, it could definitely work here. I mean, we're, we're, that's something I, you know, I, I have to constantly remind the staff, you know, we are in the service industry. And so, you know, we're, service, you know, we're here to serve people. So you got to remember that every day. Like, yeah, we all have bad days. We all have things going on in life. We get it. But in the, the day, people come here to get away from their problems and right. get away from whatever's going distraction. You know, like there's a reason or celebrate, whatever it might be. But they're looking for smiling faces, looking for happy, you know, uh, interactions. They're not looking for, People that are mellow, that don't want to interact, like that's just not the scene. And so, uh, you know, Nelder was, was, did a really great job, and still does, of going through and, and being very picky because we've had we've had hundreds and hundreds of applications, and only select you know a handful get get interviewed and 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 brought on. I mean, most of them get interviewed. I'm sorry, but only a select handful make the team, and and a lot of it's just you know um, read, reading their personality and saying, hey, you know, they're going to fit this team, or they you know, because like I said, there's people that have plenty of experience that have applied here. But that, that I said, we're not looking for just experience. I mean, this is not, it's a bar at the end of the day. It's simple. I mean, we're not here making craft cocktails every day. The people coming in, they just want vodka water or a Bud Light that's already, you know, bottled, like things like that. So, point being, it, it, we're looking for more social beings 
which is tough, you know, it's tough to find. But when you find them and you put them all together, I mean, it's just a, it's a great synergy. Uh, and we, I mean, that we live it every weekend. I mean, it's why our weekends are so busy because, uh, you know, whether there's anything going on or not, people are coming out because there's just the energy in here is just good, you know, and, and, uh, and we've, we've developed a culture that you can have fun, but also work, you know, uh, and that's one thing that, you know, we, we've tell them, Hey, look, we all want to have fun. That's, that's what we're, people are here to have fun, but there's a job to get done as well. And there's a, there's a balance of both and you can do both and achieve both and, and still be successful. And, uh, no, there's not a good job of training those people uh, of the, you know, that, that those are values and, and processes on how we, uh, how we accomplish that. And it's been, uh, it's been great. You know, it's been, it's been fun to, to watch people. And, you know, obviously you have some that you bring in that you think are going to be good and they turn out to be bad or some that you think might not make it and they surprise yeah. you and you kill it. And, so, uh, and sometimes the, the best bartenders are ones that have zero experience because 100%. if you put some time into, you know, that the training piece with them, then mm-hmm. the sky's the limit for them. Well, you know, they don't have any bad habits or anything right. like yes. that. And so yes. what happens is, you bad know, habits. what we found is that, and I, I mean, bad habits is great, but they, what I always tell people, like, oh, you know, they're afraid, oh, I don't have experience. I'm like, that's actually a positive you know, in my way. mind because we can teach you the way we want our bartenders to, to behave because the problem with taking bartenders from other places is that, other places might not have the systems and processes we have in place and they might operate differently. And so they might be quick bartenders and they might be good bartenders, but they might not account for things the way we do. They might not uh, take care of the customers the way we do. They might not um, pour the same way we do. Cause you know, it's not like a standard that everyone's uh, single is this amount of ounces and everyone's double. I mean, there's a, there's a proposed standard per se, but everyone can tweak it. And so point being, uh, there's a lot of bad habits, as he says, that are, that are brought in. That uh, at other places, some people wouldn't care. But when we we're a company that does inventory every week, I mean, every week we know what we know exactly how much of every product is missing down to the ounce. Down to the ounce, yeah. What's missing? How how much? Uh, what the cost is retail? What the wholesale is? Uh, and, and because data is knowledge. I mean, sorry, knowledge is power. And so so having that that knowledge to share the chat the staff and let them know, hey, like, let me show you how this looks over the course of a uh, month, over a year. You know, uh, and how it affects you personally as, as you know, sales losses, tips loss, uh, or are you stealing and it's time to have a talk? So, right. uh, it, you know, that's his point. Training training people, which we've hired a lot of people and trained our own way, uh, is a lot, uh, it's been a lot easier for us than trying to retrain people because you just can't break people's habits. It's, it's very difficult. It's, it's funny, too. A lot of the, a lot of bartenders, there are a lot of career bartenders out there. It's not a bad thing. But, uh, you know, they've jumped around as five or six different bars. And the, the, you, the first question I'll ask them in an interview, why are you leaving this place? Because they're closing. <laughs> well, why are they closing? Yeah, were you a part of that closure? Uh, so it's just, you know, just, <laughs> just uh, tr- truly vetting a person before we, uh, we bring them in to be a part of our, our family or our team here. Yeah, and I think that's crucial, you know, because anybody who's ever seen any type of movie with a bar scene in it, what do you what do you see when the guy walks up to the bar? The person walks up to the bar. You see a friendly bartender that's going to clean the glass in front of them and ha- hold a conversation. And if your bartender can't even simply do that, you, right. you don't want him on your team. That's it. Yeah, that's no it. Doubt. And you know, fortunately for our speed or our, our volume, you know, there's not a whole lot of conversations to be had, which is which is good. You know, we were talking about it last week about you know hiring uh, when we, as we hire more staff. You know, our customers aren't coming here to talk to our staff. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, and you've got some that obviously find some of the girls attractive and they might flirt with them and all. But the reality is our volume is so high that our girls don't stop moving mm-hmm. and guys too, that, uh, that the, 
customers are really here to hit, pick up other girls and, and guys that are in the, in the crowd as well. A lot so, of Southern Bells passing right. through here on the weekends. <laughs> exactly. so, so, so what that does is... So it's know, an attractive place. Yes, exactly. yes, yes. Not only interior, but the people. <laughs> Correct. The customers yeah. are also Correct. attractive. Including me. <laughs> and, 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 but what it does is it alleviates the pressure of having to have, you know, to what you're saying earlier about, you know, yeah, when it's slow, yeah, the happy hour shift or, you know, the, before the night gets started, yeah, yeah, people that are able to talk, but... When it gets cranked up, like we have to have people to be able to, know to flip that switch and say, "Hey, man, here's your Bud Light. Like, I'll catch you in a little while." Uh, yeah. But you know, and, and the customers appreciate that because they want to get their, their drinks and move on. And and when you can't d- deliver that in high volume, it, it frustrates a lot of people. And then, of course, every customer uh, thinks they know they know what's better uh, and know a better way to do it. And uh, you know, because they've all owned their own businesses and bars and restaurants and uh, have done it a hundred times, so they know that. Uh, you know, if, if you had more bartenders or you did this and that, you know, and I'm obviously being sarcastic here, but I'm saying that because that's, you know, you have to take into account that, that, hey, these customers are here and they want to be served. We're here to serve the masses. And it doesn't matter if somebody doesn't show up or it doesn't matter if we're busy than we expected. Like, we've got to give them what they want because if not, they're going to go somewhere else and get it. And that's the biggest thing to keep in mind is like, you know, you can get a cocktail anywhere, anywhere. I mean, literally. Yeah. There's hundreds of places. It, just in, the, in a square mile, you know, uh, that you can go grab a drink or a beer at. So, uh, when you think of that, you know, it's it's like how do we how do we separate ourselves? And, and staffing is definitely a big part of that. Definitely, and, we, and I'll be honest, man. We've talked about a lot of you know positives here, uh, you know, about what we've done with the place, and uh, you know, being in the in, in here day to day in the trenches day to day, it's uh, there's been a lot of challenges too. You know, coming from a, a corporate uh, mindset. Uh, where there are a lot of systems in place for you and, uh, you know, you go into, uh, you know, different scenarios and you've got something. But a lot of stuff here, man, we've had to uh, create ourselves, you know, just kind of on the fly. And and uh, there's been some days where we've had, you know, to sit down and go back to the drawing board and, and say, hey, you know, how can we get better from this from this standpoint? How can we be more profitable uh, from this standpoint? So, uh, you know, it's it's been a, a heck of a, a ride so far. But uh, like I said, it hadn't been all peaches through, through, all, all through and through. So. Right. Okay. So getting to wrap up, what are some of the big lessons y'all have learned in this process? Um, no, there first. Uh, some of the, the biggest lessons that I've learned, uh, this being, you know, my first entrepreneurial experience, man, it's, it's, uh, you know, just thinking about, uh, profitability, uh, from at, at every moment of the day, you know, with people, with products, you know, with placement, you know, it's just a lot of different, uh, aspects that go into, uh, you know, managing, your profit on a day-to-day basis and and for me I'll, I'll say that's been that's been the biggest point uh you know like I said Jordan uh got got the head start on me and we, he and I we talk every single day and there's there's been things that uh you know he's helped me out with through, through along the way and uh, one of our partners BG uh Lane Wall, he uh he's helped me out because he's been in the insurance business for for a long time so he's got that business mindset so I'm just really surrounded by a great group of guys that uh have helped me with just the entrepreneurial uh, side of things that's awesome, man. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing the things you do within Uncle Earl's. Definitely. So, uh, Piazza, what are some of the lessons you've learned in this process? Uh, patience is definitely <laughs> something that you have had to learn. You know, uh, dealing with uh, you know young staff, obviously something I've been dealing with a long time. But uh, you know, there's always new challenges, and uh, that's one thing I've learned here uh, as we've hired some you know new new bodies, and, and we're new. So people trying to learn us too, uh, and figure out how we operate and 
so, you know, something I learned, I've had to learn is, you know, be more patient, understanding of uh, that everybody thinks the way I do, which isn't, which isn't bad, which actually what is great and is what makes uh, the world successful is that not everybody thinks alike um, and having to be more open to, uh, to change. Uh, but I also think, uh, you know, consistency has played a key factor uh, in here, you know, learning that uh, if, if we, that we have to be consistent amongst our managing techniques in order for the staff to really buy in and, and deliver on what we're trying to do. And so uh, to echo what Nelder said, I mean, having great people surround, surrounded in you, each other is, is what's made us uh, all be better, you know, obviously in, in every aspect, not just in, in the bar, but in our lives as well. Uh, but there's been, you know, there's been a lot of challenges that we faced it, uh, just figuring out, you know, we have, a, we have several owners here, so uh, there's you know, a group of six of us, and so uh, it's a lot of, a lot of heads and a lot of opinions, and so, right. um, you know, when you, when you think about that, you know, it's how do we please everybody, uh, and, and that takes sacrifice, and that mean, and what I mean by sacrifice, it means that, you know, uh, the way you, that I might do something, I might not agree with the way Nelder would do it, or, or one of the other partners, and so it's how do we find the happy medium? And ultimately, it's just keeping the the bar at, at you know pri as priority, you know, and the success of the bar, and staying true to what our vision is for the bar, mm -hmm. uh, which is just a great place to come have fun. That's clean with great people, uh, you know, every day. And so when you keep that in mind, you know, how you grow sales, uh, you know, I think that's definitely. Um, definitely uh, important on how um, you know we, we've managed our challenges and obviously there's been some challenges for us the, the unforeseen you know we, you know we came, came into this not knowing Nelder and I or any of the partners for that matter um, you know what the sales are going to be like because when you say Patrick's Day was going to be big as it always is and it has a history of that but you know the previous owners ran a different bar and so we didn't know if it'd be well received if people would say oh no we like the old one girls better this is too clean too nice what it so you know that was a challenge initially and, and as far as you know, staffing properly and, and ensuring, you know, marketing and the, and the whole nine yards. It was just, uh, it was a challenge because we wanted to open seven days a week and we wanted to, uh, to be here and be the place. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't always work the way you think it's going to work. And so uh, I think, you know, adapting and, and uh, continually, we, we continually adapt. And we had a great meeting uh, last week about 2020 and our, our plan on how we're going to grow even more in 2020. And uh, none of that happens without, you know, this, this great team that we have uh, of each other because uh, where any of us might lack, the other picks up, and that's that's huge. Uh, you can't ask for something better than that. And I, I think that's what breaks up a lot of the monotony on a day-to-day -day basis for me, man, because it's, it's a, you know, we're a fairly new business, and, um, you know, there's a, a large group of people out there that will still say we're in the honeymoon phase. Just wait, you know, and it's that's what challenges me on a day-to-day -day basis, breaks the monotony for me on a day-to-day -day basis to say, hey, we're going to continue to raise that bar in, in, in 2020. And as Jordan said, we had a meeting the other day, and, uh, you know, we're kind of hitting that ground running. We want to we want to be, you know, a better, improved St. Patrick's Day. We want to be uh, a better, improved, you know, spring season, summer season, you know, fall. You know, every aspect of, of the year, we want to continue to raise that bar, man. And I, I think that's what's uh, what's most exciting about uh, 2020 for us as that honeymoon phase starts to, to kind of, you know, phase out. Uh, you know, how can we continue to get better on a day-to-day -day basis? And also, uh, you know, to echo what he's saying, you know, that's his motivation and it's mine too because I want to prove to people, you no, know, this isn't a honeymoon. This is real, like, reality. I don't want to say that. He will. Yeah, he's I'm, bold. I'm be, he's bold. He'll come yeah, out I'm going to be bold and honest. Like, hey, let, let's, you know, get, let's get – I don't mean it in an egotistical, cocky way by any means. I mean it in sincere. Like, come at me. You know, like, yeah. I know when, we put, when you put my metrics against your metrics, my bar against your bar – 
you can't find a cleaner bar. You can't find a better staff. You can't find uh, better numbers in terms of, um, you know, um, cost of goods. You know, there's a, can we find some more sales on more nights? Yeah, but you also can't find a bar that every Friday and Saturday night has done the average of what we're doing. And I'm not saying that it's record-breaking, but it's consistent. And right. that's and that's what I've we've heard from a lot of the people is that it's inconsistent. And, and our vendors tell us. And there was there's a period of time where our vendors told us, I think, this summer or right after summer, they're like, yeah. man, y'all the only bar ordering, yeah. literally. Wow. And, and yeah, and, and, and like I'm not proud of that because I want everybody. The busier everybody is, the better for every the entire Absolutely. business community. But it just kind of says, you know, pays a homage to what we what we were saying. Like, yeah, well, you know, we're we're among the best, and you know, we uh we hear from our vendors where we rank on products that we sell, and you know, where we rank amongst other uh, businesses, and to hear that we're in the, you know, we've only been only being open ten months and being in the top, you know. 20. You know, yeah, top 20, but at the top percentile just in general, it's just, uh, it's an unbelievable feeling. I like, thought you were you know, going to the, down the Tito's route there. Yeah, well, yeah <laughs> like, like, we're, one of the, we're definitely one of the biggest Tito's accounts in the state uh, for on-premise, you know. Which is, that, is, is that why they gave you all a sign? Uh, Tito's giving us anything we want right now. <laughs> you know, they, they charge us for it. We pay for it, but, but we have access to it. Yeah, uh, yeah. But point being, you know, like, you know, we're doing like, and I, and I say it's funny because it's like, it, it blows my mind. Like when they, the other day they're like, oh, you sell a lot of Jaeger. And I'm like, who drinks Jaeger anymore? Like that was so 2008. You know, like that was my age. You know, like I thought Fireball was a new thing. And then they're like, oh, you sell a lot of that too. And it's like, you know, speaking comparatively to the city, you know, it's like, man, we're doing big numbers. And, and it's just, it's very exciting because, uh, you know, it, it reassures us that, you know, we're doing better than, that we improve the bar. You right. know, that, that, you know. Yeah, the other bar might have been great business, but they weren't doing what we were doing consistently. And so we're making an impact is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Like people are recognizing us. Like St. Patrick's Day, we had the Southern Band, you know, like mm-hmm. in the parade. It's not like they were here. They were, I mean, they stopped after. But point being, like, that was to thank the city. And, and, it, and it paid yielded, you know, results for people coming here because they wanted to thank us for doing that because that never, that's never happened in the entire 35 years the parade's ridden you know, is, that, is that the Southern Band was in it. And so – which was, was baffling to me. But it's like, how do we get involved in the community? And how do we make an impact so people know, hey, we're here and we're not going anywhere? And uh, I think last year, St. Patrick's Day, and since then on, has proven that. And uh, we've kept a lot of momentum. And it's, I think it's excited a lot of people. And I also think it's, from what we've heard, it's also um, kind of challenging other uh, business owners to kind of step up a little, which I think is, like I said earlier, I think it's, it's great because uh, I think the only way businesses really succeed is when you keep invest. Like, I cannot stand a business that's successful that is not reinvest in itself. Mm-hmm. You got to invest in your people, and you got to invest in, in, in your in your business. And so, uh, I know when the time comes in a few years, and some of this is getting worn out, we will change some things. Obviously, you know, because we want to stay relevant. And it's sad for those that don't want to grow uh, grow that way. But I think that's what's going to keep give us the the edge. And I think. Uh, like the St. Patrick's Day, you know, we talked about having, you know, having something like that quarterly, maybe not that big, but just a quarterly, you know, kind of festival mm-hmm. where it's like a, hey, every quarter Earl's going to have some type of event where there's a big stage and some great regional acts coming through. You know, you can go there for a good time and it'd be fun, clean and safe, you know. Right. Uh, and so that's that's what's exciting to me moving forward. Uh, but a lot of work, obviously, to get that, get that done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, I hear it in both of y'all's voices. It's not just a bar it's a part of the city that you're trying to make people cherish and enjoy and you're well it's been here forever exactly you know and you're like every time you say it you're like you know when whenever somebody comes and says oh you do more than this bar it's like yeah but you know that we you you view that as a bad thing because you're looking at for your city as a whole yeah which is huge to to the to the people that aren't taking care of you know we want to be amongst the elite but we want everybody to get that way exactly like like you said yeah we want the city to be better so yes 
It's not just about us and making money. That's I mean, yeah, yeah. we could do that. We could definitely do well, that. We're in we, business. we didn't have we, we could <laughs> not have the consultant company come in. We can count our inventory and we could, you know, uh, be more strict on uh, on how we take care of our customers and we could charge cover every week. I mean, we could do a lot of things to make more to drive the top number up and not worry about yeah. yeah I mean, sorry, drive the top and bottom numbers up uh, and not take care of the community. But that's not that's not what we're here for. We're, we're looking for long term uh, commitment. You know, we're here for it's, it's been around since. It started on Florida Boulevard, you know, which a lot, a lot of the elder older people that come in here remember. And then it was at the Bulldog, where the Bulldog is now on Perkins down the street. And now it's been here for however long. And it it came from one suite here to two suites. Now it's three suites, and so it's grown and it's great. But you know, our, our plan is to say, hey, we're here for the long haul, you know, right. at least for another 10, 15 years. You know, you know, someone else at that point was going to take it and move on, great. But uh, you know, we're not in it just to just to. Uh, to, to say we have skin have in the game, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're in it to make a difference exactly. because, because there's, there was a need. I mean, there was a there was a void in like especially when we go out of town, you know, traveling to watch LSU. You go to Dallas, you go to Houston, you go to all these areas. Austin, uh, you know, this year was a great year to travel. But you go to all these different bars and you see that they have cool things. And then when you look at it, it's really simple. You know, mm-hmm. It's not like they reinvented the wheel or oh my god, this is you know groundbreaking. You can't get this. It's like no, they just care about how their image, you know, how they look and how they operate and. And when you, that's what's been so impressive here is that people realize that we care. And that's what I was telling you about. Like when, you, when they see that you care about how the place looks, the customer cares. And they realize, 100%. hey, I can't break that bottle of beer on this wall because someone's going to kick my ass if I do. And it's like, <laughs> you, you're right. Like, yeah. I dare you, you know? And, and, and that's, you know, that's what, that's, that's what's exciting about it for me. You know, it's kind of, it, I, hope, I hope it challenges every bar and restaurant owner in the city to, to, to just think, to consider Hey, we got to do something to change because this is not an easy business. I mean, it's, it's a fight. Like I was telling you, I mean, the Sunday through uh, Thursday crowds are not big, you know, in this in our in our industry at least. And right. so, uh, you know, you're all fighting for a piece of the pie, and you got to be able to separate yourself. And I think we're uh, I think we're we've done a good job, and we've got more work to do to continue to do that. But uh, I think we're on the right track. Right, it's the, the start of something new, which Absolutely. I love. Definitely. So, final question for each of you. What is one thing you would have changed in this process looking back where you are now? Easily, I can say uh, w- timeline. You know, if, uh, we rushed to get it done, and, it, it, and it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. It was great because it didn't allow a lot of time to make decisions and think things out and take a year to remodel. You know, that, so that was a blessing that it was so quick. It was, we didn't have time to, well, what do you want to do here? And everybody think about it and talk about it and go back and forth. It was like we had to make a decision right now. The same time, that stress that it put on us uh, financially, uh, mentally, physically. I mean, like you said, we opened a week before St. Patrick's Day, which is the biggest day. I'll say the history they've ever had. They, others might argue they've had bigger ones, but I don't think I don't see how they've had bigger ones. Uh, you know, be able to do that and open a week before without training the staff and all. I mean, it's just uh, we knew we left a lot of money on the table there too, and so and it wasn't just about the money though. It, it, we knew that. Not having a St. Patrick's Day this year would hinder recreating the culture for yeah. Uncle Well, and we were, you know, we talked about opening and and not renovating for same, and then doing it after. But I was one of the lead guys that said, "No, guys, we this is our only time to reintroduce the new Uncle Earls to bat and you know to five thousand people right. in one day." You know, granted, yeah, we could have we could wait, but then we're gonna have to we're gonna do it every time. And how are we gonna get those people back in here? or that mass of people, rather, back in here to see the changes and to say, hey, you know what? This is the new bar we want to start coming to. And so hindsight, like I said, it's double-edged short. Part of it was it, it was just too stressful. It was too much, too quick. But 
it's it's paid off, and it, you know because it, every week it improves that when we're, we stay busy, we got you know great clientele, we've got great staff, you know, and continue to find new people. So uh, that's one thing you know for sure I, I would change is uh, you know, but everything happens for a reason. So exactly, I'm not gonna uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna argue with that. So. Other yeah. than that, you know, change. You know, there's there's not much I would I would change because I love the people I did it with and that I'm that, and that we're doing it with, and uh, it's been it's also got married though, and uh, and <laughs> and bought a house and did like four other things at the same time. So a lot of it's my personal self that I need to fix. You know, that, that, that was crazy to take all <laughs> that, that. That's all a once. whole that's a whole different. Yeah, it's a whole different episode. podcast exactly. So uh, other married. than that, you know, as far as the bar goes, that's that's the only thing I would change. Um, uh, on how we did it. I mean, I think Melder might have different views. No, I, I think I'd say the same thing, man. It's just uh, that that initial timeline. It's uh, you know, I hate to keep going back to Canes, but you know, it's just a uh, very successful <laughs> company that we learned a lot from, and uh, you know, they plan restaurants a year, two, three out, you know, from just every aspect of it, and you know, we did it in just about sixty days, and uh, there's just a lot of. Uh, systems, processes, and, and things that uh, we're still behind the eight ball on because, uh, you know, we've had a very successful football season here. Then we roll right into the Christmas season. You got St. Patrick's Day on the front end of that. We had a very busy summer, as we as we talked about earlier. So, uh, the, our, we, like I said, our, the meeting that we had last week was just, hey, you know, we've got some things to work on as a team and, and how we're going to tackle that, you know, from, from having a fresh start in, in 2020. So, uh, that to answer your question, that's, uh, that was my biggest thing, too, just that uh, the start – startup timeline uh, was just a, a tight, tight crunch for us. Great. And that's, you know, like Jordan was saying, that's something that had to happen. It had to happen. And the way it did, I think everything turned out amazing. Yeah. So definitely. I want to thank both of you for coming on the show. I really appreciate y'all's time. Thanks I know it's us. very valuable. And so I really appreciate that. Um, and for everybody else listening to the show, thank you so very much for listening to this latest episode of the Patty G Show. I am your host, Patty G, here with Jordan Eldare, Jordan Piazza of Uncle Earl's Bar, and we are signing off. Patty G. Patty G. <laughs> thank you, brother.